chat. It's hard. You want to talk? I know. That's disappointing. Sit back. Let's work this How's out. How's it going? What are we doing here? Where are you going? Hey. Hey there. Wow. It's not always easy. It's amazing if you think about it. Let's think this about this. strange. I have some thoughts about that. Life is hard. Trauma bonded. By the way, before we get started, um, yeah. oh. the kids have been asking about you a lot, like on the and daily. On my And about my iPad. Like crying. No, they haven't mentioned the iPad. Oh, really? They really miss you. Oh. What about their parents? What do you mean? Oh, 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 yeah, totally. Um, I thought, what you mean? They missed their parents. I mean, not really. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you mean, oh, mm, I see mm, what you're saying. Mm, mm. Of course we miss you. Mm-hmm. But I'm just telling you that they miss you a lot. Oh, even Rexy. How does that make you feel? Makes me feel really good. Oh, good. Okay, good. And sad. I was hoping you'd feel guilty. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm impervious to your guilt trips anymore. That's I mean, right. That's right. I've just done it so much. I see it and I like shoot at it and I just grab it like a ball of light and I put it in my pocket. It's um, nice that we're close enough not to make each other feel guilty. I do like how you thought you could make me feel guilty just by seemingly existing because it's not like <laughs> I turned down an invite or something or, or I, you know, That's we true. keep making plans and I keep breaking them. Like I just have been living. That's Am true. I just supposed to show up on occasion? I don't think so. <laughs> well, kind of. We talked That's about a poppin. It. That's a hell of a poppin. <laughs> um, well, I, of course, miss all of you guys a ton. But see, you tried to make me feel guilty. I did? By saying, well, what about their parents? Oh. And then I just got confused, so it didn't hit me. See, now your perception of me trying to make you feel guilty is askew. Because oh, what, what, I what honestly you... was asking oh. for some love from you and Gwen. Since if of I text course. you, you just We've ignore been me. A lot of wingspan. Of wingspan. Oh, okay. Now that, now that, that was it. I want our audience to know that they commonly just ignore my text messages. Untrue. I. T I and her wife, Gwen Ryder. I on more than one occasion. Well, no, I do respond in my heart. Ah. And and I say, oh, you know, oh, no, we haven't started watching The Bachelor. And I, I think it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then it doesn't send through my heart. But hmm. I yeah, do I'm respond. Really that sad about it. Um, <clears throat> should we get busy? Yeah. I mean, okay, I was, uh, I'll. Uh, the the jig is up. I was try. I guess it's not up, <laughs> but I was trying uh, to make you feel guilty for something as a transition to that being something I want to talk about about the show. 
that we listened to the episode. Whoa. Welcome to Trauma Bonded. I'm Ellie Westberg here with Therese Garcia. Hello. You can call me T. And today we're discussing episode 264 of This Is Actually Happening. What if you were carjacked at gunpoint? A woman struggles to break free from the rules of her strict and sheltered upbringing, but after battling a derealization disorder and finding a new life for herself, she faces a danger she could have never imagined. I am the showrunner for This Is Actually Happening. Yeah, I'm nothing. That's full disclosure. And that's full disclosure um, for me. I'm nothing associated with it. Mm-hmm. I'm buds. Buds. With you and and wit, I guess. And that's so this show is about is for our <laughs> listen is for the listeners of the show, a play a space where we can talk about each episode, digest it, and reflect on it with empathy and also a bit of levity, hopefully. Um T so I think our storyteller is anonymous. He didn't explicitly say it, but I couldn't find her name in any of the show notes, etc. So did you catch a name? No. Okay. So we'll just call her anonymous. Um, what stuck out to you is the heart of her story. Yes. So there are a lot of layers here, but uh, the biggest part for me, I think, was this idea of guilt. Yeah. And punishment mm. and justice mm. and forgiveness, right? <clears throat> I think um, when she was brought up, and maybe us too, I don't know, we can dig in. Um, one of the biggest, is it an emotion? I don't know. One guilt. of the things, <laughs> guilt. Yeah. It's one of those empty emotions, but I think it's an yeah. emotion. It's so it's you an feel. emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was really, that was a big feeling for her. What with her parents giving her the silent treatment, if she went out of bounds, right? Broke any other rules. Did you right? just flip your hair? I was just Going saying out. like out of bounds. Going out. <laughs> out of bounds. <laughs> Going out tonight. Um, (laughs) anyway, um, and it just continued on throughout her life, right? This, this guilt, she says her, this crushing guilt, right? I mean, she felt guilt when, um, you know, after the fact, when she's like, oh, you know, um, you know, I've been living with my boyfriend. I've been drinking. This is what I deserve. You know, um, she felt guilt when she, you know, went to prison like oh other women don't have this satisfaction right um and it just seems wrong to feel guilty about those things right but it stays with you i think as you're like brought up if that's like one of your main worries that's what that's how you'll live truly it's um I feel like it's something that we're probably going to talk about in almost every episode. Doesn't it feel like that? I feel like guilt yeah. is always brought up. Um, and we've talked about this extensively through our friendship. It is this 
really terrible marker of the way that we were raised in religion. And it's something that we've had to actively identify and fight against, which is why I get all triggered when you bring up you guilting me. <clears throat> Lesbian guilt has nothing on evangelical guilt. <laughs> That's true. There's levels, that? right? There's, oh, levels there's levels of guilt. I think religion guilt is maybe even worse than like the justice system guilt or something. Yeah. Societal religion guilt. gets you to your core. Yeah, you're failing like a whole creator of a universe. <laughs> and all yeah. the angels in heaven and Jesus. That guy and them. And that guy too. Oh, sad. Look at him. Um, But then, when we feel, when we see people that don't feel guilt, we're like, what's wrong with them? Well, that's interesting because there is this difference. I mean, they kind of live in the same house, right? Guilt and shame. Mm hmm. I think we notice when people don't feel shame. <laughs> like I was brought up this way. Why aren't you feeling this? Like I am. Yeah. Like, why aren't you embarrassed <laughs> right now? <laughs> um, it's funny. Cause Scott was telling me, Scotty boy, my boyfriend, my partner, um, hmm. he's a bartender. And he was telling me he had to work Super Bowl Sunday yesterday. And he was telling me about this group of kids that came in and they came in like mid afternoon and they clearly had been having a boozy brunch and then came in mm-hmm. to the old Rosen crown. And um, he noticed that one of the girls had her head on the table and he was like, Oh God, like that's not a good sign, especially at two in the afternoon, you know? <clears throat> yeah. So he went over there and he was like, is she okay? And they're like, yeah, yeah, she's fine. And he's like, well, I can bring over a trash can just in case. Like, not even being like, get the fuck out of here. I know she's wasted. But just like, yeah, let's be proactive. If this girl's going to Ralph, and I've seen this look before, she's definitely going <laughs> to Ralph. I'm trying to save myself from a puke cleanup. So they're like, no, 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 she's fine. And sure enough, within 15 minutes, she yaks all over the floor. Oh, and- my God. And and Scott goes over there and he's cleaning it up and he says that they're being like super apologetic. But he's kind of he's kind of yelling at him a little bit like, you know, I I asked you if she was OK. You told me she was, you know, now I'm cleaning this up kind of thing. They're like, sorry, 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 whatever. <laughs> and, you know, he, you know, Scott, he's a friendly person. He wasn't like at, you know, he he'll he might come out a little bit like, eh, but he softens quite easily. He can't really be mad. And um, they kind of went outside and stayed at the bar for like another few hours. And my <laughs> after he tells me the story, my response to him was. What is wrong wrong with this girl? She doesn't have any shame. She's just been to a bar. She puked in the bar. In the bar. On the floor. She's with her friends. She's amongst other people. She's in public. 
and now she's puked. So um, I guess you could say she's going to puke and rally. In fact, the other girl with them said, oh, I puked before we got here. So this oh. is an argument to Scott. Like, it's cool. What's this how we roll? <laughs> <laughs> Like I would be putting myself in a car and going home because because I would just feel so ashamed that I've done this very disgusting act in a public space. Like I don't want to keep showing my face to the place or to the bartender or to my friends. Like the shame would send me home. This girl had no shame. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you, you when you think about, though, how drunk you are at that point. Yeah, don't you don't know what's going have, on. You're just like, just trying to make it, I think. <laughs> right? But I also, mean, I've definitely leaned up against some walls at El Rio on a few occasions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yelled at some trust fund bitches. And, um, I was leaving. But you were. So that that's something. You had the wherewithal to do that. But um Ellie, get also, in the car. Though, get in the car. <laughs> I fell on my Tupperware. I broke it. Get None of this makes sense. Quit <laughs> going I wanna do a shout out to uh our uh bear mauled friend who um when he was bleeding all over Jeremy. the table, Jeremy, bleeding all over the table on the floor. Yes. Apologizing, cleaning Apologize. up, letters. Right. Wrote letters. Cleaning it up. In his blood. Yeah. Cleaning it up. Yeah. You, I, I think a big part of that story for me is, I don't, I mean, the girl throwing up, I get it. She's super drunk. Maybe she doesn't know what the hell's going on. But the friends, why... Why is Scott hardcore cleaning this up right now? Mm. Right? Like the friends should feel like, hey, oh, yeah. I refused the trash can. Now I will clean this up or help clean up or something. A bunch of sorries. Put your sorries in a sack, right? Yeah. Start cleaning up. Why is Scotty doing it? That's not cool. There's the shame right there. Big time shame. Yeah, that's good. I totally missed the shame. You got it. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, there's my... shame to be had, had everywhere. I can identify. It. You can find shame in about. I can find anything. it. I, yeah, I'm feeling shame right now. I'm not even <laughs> sure why. I'm a little scared of listening. And they're like, okay, judgy. You don't know my life. And I'm like, ooh, I feel bad. It's all, it's, it is pervasive and it's really hard to put your finger on because it does feel like there should be a line that you walk where if you break a social contract or fuck up really hard with a friend, what is that feeling that you feel when you feel bad about that? Is that not shame? Is that not guilt? How do we accept our wrongdoing to someone else without carrying it around and making it like a tenet of our life that, that we can't shake. Right. There has to be this line between I ask for your forgiveness for my fuck up. I feel bad about that. 
and I'm choosing not to carry it around forever with me as a thing that I can't stop thinking about because I feel so bad about, right? There's got to be a balance in there somewhere. That's There's got to per- be. I feel like the way we grew up, we're perpetually always looking for that balance. I don't it's a want- constant battle. Yeah, I don't want to be laying in bed at night going, oh my God, I yelled at that girl back in 2007. And I don't. I don't feel, I don't do that. But do you, I, not, there, you don't? But there are still, <laughs> but there are a handful of things that I do carry around for sure. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. That I have to mm-hmm. actively forgive myself for in the moment when they come back screaming into the forefront of my mind. So randomly, right? Yeah, yeah. late at night, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> you shitty. And nobody person. else remembers. You know? Yeah. No. Um, I, to me, the big takeaway from her story was this idea of her saving herself. Like it kind of keeps happening over and over again. Like she goes through this terrible, like, what is it called? Derealization disorder Mm -hmm. gets no counseling, no help. Um, no, no. Jesus, Jesus, oh. I think is this. No, right? Jesus Isn't was in a high psychologist? school. For, well, Jesus oh, is her psychologist. Oh. It feels almost too bearable for her to think about, especially when we're so far away from an episode like that. Like she's 20 years out. So she's looking back at that poor 20 year old girl. And she, that's the only time she kind of, her voice breaks in the episode is when she talks about how the sex worker I said that really word, sex worker. How she won't, (laughs) how this bitch won't go with her to the police station. She didn't say it like that. She didn't say it like that. She didn't say it like that. But it's like, (laughs) yeah. She's like, she, well, first, she, she stops the assault, right? She has the wherewithal to say, I need a condom, which to me is just so fucking clever. Right. And it show yeah. it goes to show how deluded this fucker is because, you know, know. if he was like a proper criminal. I couldn't criminal, believe that would work. I know. A proper criminal just would have been like, no. <laughs> I was thinking maybe he thought she had a disease or something or. I think that he, what the way she described it, I think he started to delude himself that this was some sort of like first date. Oh, you know, because they're chatting. She's familiar with each other. She's asking about the music he likes. She says he's very conversational, you know, to bring up this condom issue. And then and then that really does save her from some severe potential, you know, further sexual trauma. Right. And then she escapes the car that's in motion and. And she's finally, she finds someone who stops and seems to be willing to help her. And it's like, she's probably exhausted. She's feeling like all these feelings. And now she can't get even get an escort to the cops. Like, I think it's like, oh, I found someone. Now I'm okay. And then that help is ripped away from you. And now you're back on your own again. It's like, she's got to save herself yet again. She's got to run. She's got to get herself there. And it's not over yet. That's when she really broke down. 
because it's hard to save yourself over and over again. It's not easy, right? We all need a little no, help. No, especially in that sometimes. situation. Yeah. But she did, she, she's like, she understood where the sex worker was coming from. Research alert. Research alert. Here we go. I looked up these words, derealization and depersonalization. Oh, Google alert. Google alert. <laughs> um, they're not a sponsor tea, so can we not? This is a research oh. alert. Re- just a research alert. Research. So derealization is a mental state where you feel detached from your surroundings. People and objects around you may seem unreal. Even so, you're aware that this altered state isn't normal. And get this, T. More than half of all people may have this disconnection from reality once in their lifetime. Have you? No. I don't think so. I think I know. For an extended period, I wonder what that means. Like, if you're, like, out of it for a second, you're like, well, what happened? Versus, like, she was out of it for, like, weeks or something, right? And plenty of time. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine what kind of, what that is like. And then if you look up depersonalization, it, they some people call it depersonalization dash derealization disorder. Occurs when you persistently or repeatedly have the feeling that you're observing yourself from outside your body or you have a sense that things around you aren't real or both. Yeah, I've definitely never felt that. I did wonder, <clears throat> I'm no doctor, but you talked a lot about, you know, her own identity and hiding her identity from her parents, feeling like two people, you know, um, I was wondering if it kind of stemmed from that, you know, you're, you're kind of acting the whole time and then you don't even know who you are anymore and you just keep going with it. Right. Doesn't help. Well, and that she would, you know, she talks about sort of a secret life that she put on a facade to her family. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I for sure did that when I was a kid. Um, Me too. A lot. I mean, so much of what she talked about, I related to re- being raised in a, like a Christian restrictive, you know, household. Um, people pleaser. Yes. Uh, successful student. Yes. Adverse to controversy or conflict. Um, uh-huh. Flying under the radar. Just... I didn't want to be noticed at all. I'm not here. I'm just doing my thing. No one has to worry about Ellie. That was a feeling. And I felt like I had this deeply secret life, even though it was so vanilla. But it was just like... Oh, I know. Yeah. (laughs) But just (laughs) secrecy. Like, I'm not sharing my true self with people who I perceived as ones that would judge me. Um, or or feel disappointed by my actions, like my parents, but also like my youth pastor or my church friends. Like, I just didn't want to be bothered, <laughs> plain and simple. Like, if Ellie's not doing anything noticeable, she's not going to get talked to, kind of thinking. Um, but what she said, too, about 
It's very difficult. Her quote is, I thought this was good. It's very difficult to be out in the world, but it's even more difficult to be alone with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you your opinion on this. So again, Gotti boy, my boyfriend, my mm. partner. Yes. Um, when he drives anywhere or, or any length of distance, long, short, he doesn't listen to anything. No music, no podcasts, no audiobooks, nada. What? For potentially hours. Does he like music? Or Yeah. He likes music. Yeah. Well, okay, so why doesn't he not? Why doesn't he? Does well, he say so why? I've asked him, and he's like, well, you know, at some point my stereo got stolen, and I just kind of got used to not having anything. And I just, so I don't put but it But now you do. <laughs> you say, I mean, it's not like it's hard as you do that. So I started asking people their opinion about this because when he first told me, it really fucked with me. Psycho. People right? think it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. And like then, here, you're just in there, like in your brain. Well, okay. Here's the here's the other part of it that I'm a little bit worried about. I'm scared now. I. So my my thinking was, okay, so he's just alone with his thoughts. Well, that's... People do that, I guess. People do that, and maybe he's really working some stuff out, and I mean, good <laughs> for him. I mean, it's really hard to be alone with his brain, and... Maybe he's talking to Jesus. I read today, though, that oh. only 30 to 50% of people, all people, have an internal monologue. Think about that. Research alert. Reddit. Wait, that's weird. I read it. No, Reddit. Are we not supposed? We're not sponsored by Reddit, right? No, I can't say that either. I love Reddit. I love it. Wait, so do you have an inner monologue? Yes. Me too. It's like many only people 30 to in 50%. there. Thirty to fifty. There's many people in there. <laughs> Dude, don't do it. No, you're wrong. You suck. No, you're good. You're good. Put more lipstick on. Wait, yeah. Put your face on. But be the baby, big baby. Is that baby. what you're wearing? Why are they all negative? That's not cool. Yeah, spinach will help. <laughs> it's the sarcastic one in there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's not drinking night, night, Ellie. Uh, well, wine still counts, you know. <laughs> it's only a glass and a half still counts. Dry January isn't dry white wine, Ellie. Um. <laughs> so now... <laughs> now I'm worried. Oh, does he not have an inner monologue? Well, here's <gasps> another thing. <gasps> When we first got together, he 
And he still does this, but it's not as bewildering to me now. But he talks to himself aloud a lot. Huh. Like um, like Donnie Wahlberg in The Sixth Sense. Run. Now. Get out of there. Is he there? Run. <laughs> and at first, when I first started, I think it was like he was in the shower. And I, I was really, I was put off by it. I was like, what is he doing? Who is he talking to? You know? And I confronted him about it. And I said, it's kind of weird that you talk aloud to yourself. He's like, I'm just working stuff out. Like, well, most people do that inside their brain. (laughs) In there. (laughs) I mean, I'm not judging you. And he still does it to this day. And, And now, and I know that he's not a psychopath. And so I'll just... I'll go, what was that? What'd you say, babe? Like, I'm just working something out. You know, we it's kind of become like a little, like, me. You know how um, I am. That's fun. Just picking up He's some like, insecurities. A man, Ellie should, Ellie should wear more lipstick. I've got spinach is going to work. And you're just eating spinach. And he's, you're like, I can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> what what'd you say, babe? She's gonna wear. Oh wow, this is embarrassing. Inside, inside. she cut she cut her own hair today. <laughs> Put it inside because. <laughs> it's messing with my inside. You put that inside because I now I'm. <laughs> Does he say stuff about you? I guess that was my question. What is um, she talking about? You're like, oh my god, I've got this funny bit I want to try with you. He's just like, oh my god, this is so not funny. <laughs> Why does she think she's so bitch. funny? <laughs> no, he's just got beer, 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 beer. I need to be drunk for this. Beer. I do. Yeah. I also joke with him that that is his inter- internal monologue. <laughs> so it counts. His internal monologue is beer, roller coasters. Roller coasters, beer, beer, <laughs> butts, beer, boobs. roller coasters, boobs, roller coasters, <laughs> beer, beer, beer glassware, pizza, <laughs> roller coasters, <laughs> butts. That's probably, that counts though, doesn't it? Butts. Ass. Big asses. <clears throat> Big ass beers, isn't that? <laughs> isn't that be that's isn't it upsetting to think that people walk around without anything in their brains? Feel really loud. Is that really loud? Like zero. What are people thinking? What if you're not? If you don't have an internal monologue, what's going on? Is it just not anything blank in there? I don't know. Don't I've got like a whole TV stuff? show. I've got like six or seven TV <laughs> shows. Going oh, totally! There. I'm like watching Netflix right now in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah, it's wait. Upsetting. No, that can't be true because you because if it's just blank in there and you forget I, everything, I read it. I read it so. It's true. It's true. 
Yeppers. But don't you just walk around and you it's like derealization. Like like, oh, oh wait, is this a chair I should sit on? You know? Or maybe you just I just don't get it. I don't get the I don't get that. No, I'll go, oh that chair. I really should get a more comfortable office chair, but I really like the look of this chair. I'll just put a pillow there. Oh, the pillow is not helping at all. But it's all I have for now. Yeah, that's what's inside there. (laughs) Yeah. It's active, though. It's not dormant. What if you're listening to a podcast? Like, if you're listening to this is actually happening. Yeah. I have all sorts of things going on in my brain. Yes. So... So 50 to 70% of people when they listen to the podcast aren't thinking anything or talking. Oh, well, Reddit didn't get that deep into. <laughs> we'll have to look that up. We'll look that up for next time. Look at that next um, time. Sorry. Okay, good. Let's change the subject a bit. Okay. <clears throat> how how do you how does the derealization portion of the story how does that how is that related to the crime and victimization she endured? Did you find that link? I'm not sure. Do you have the I the only thing I the only thing I was thinking was it super sucked and she said this that she wasn't able to kind of separate herself from when it was happening. Like Right, like okay, you know, yeah. Like if anything she was like present. She, I mean, maybe she was kind of hoping, like, well, man, maybe one of those derealization kicks is going to bang in her head. How can I make it happen? It's like a superpower at that point, right? But in fact, she makes the point that she was like super acutely aware and hyper aware of everything. Yeah. I mean, one thing that definitely was true is that she never gets help and she never speaks of it again. Her the crime, the victimization that she went through, just like she never got help and never spoke of again her derealization period. Um, but what I really want to talk about is second locations. Okay. Right. This is practical now. This is not. Okay. I like this. The, yeah, I like this. We're this getting into. This isn't heady. This is practical. Yeah. Never, ever, ever go to a second location. As a victim. As As a a victim. victim. Um, I think I've heard this on like SVU, but yeah. Oprah. Was it Oprah? Oprah in the 90s. Yeah. I I remember my mom actually talking to me about it like, like, you got a gun pointed at you, you have a gun in your ribs, run anyway, because it, one, it's bloody unlikely that, it, especially if someone's, like, hopped up on something, that they're going to be able to, one, accurately. they actually want to shoot you, but two, yeah, yeah. that they could do it accurately. But whatever kind of torture... <laughs> or suffering that you might be facing at a second location isn't worth the isn't 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 worth your life necessarily like especially if you 
are going to be killed at the end anyway. Like, take off, run, risk that initial retribution. It's better than what you might face at a second location. Your best bet at getting away is running in that first location. Now, I say all this to say it's really easy to say, this is what you should do Mm -hmm. when you're in a situation. Mm -hmm. And it's super annoying. And I'm going to bring it up again because it seems to be like the defining moment in my life. After I was mugged at gunpoint, I had a lot of people telling me what they would have done. And it's all very well and good because I, I think that and in a way to empathize with people, we put ourselves in that situation. We'd like to think that we would react a certain way. Right. And, you know, I don't have, I don't think I've told the story on the podcast yet, but um, my friend, our friend Nate, you know, he was like, Ellie, um, like if I was, if I was being mugged, I would at least ask if I could keep my driver's license. Because they don't need it, and it's going to save me, like, a heap of trouble of having to get, like, a replacement driver's license. And I was like, oh, really, Nate? In the moment <laughs> when a gun's pointing at you and you're being mobbed by criminals, you're going to have the presence of mind to, oh, can I just have my driver's license? You know, I'll just, oh, there it is. Thank you. You know, and he was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, oh. And I was like, well it doesn't go down like that. Like you don't think like that at all, especially in my case, it happened so quickly, right? It just was like, boom over. So I ironically, what within weeks, Nate was also mugged at gunpoint. Yes. And he was telling the story and I couldn't stop myself. And I was like, Uh yeah, did you ask to keep your driver's <laughs> license? He's like, no, Ellie, I hmm. didn't. And I was like, oh, it's weird. I thought that's you what done you that. were going to do. <laughs> your plan was weird. Wow. So Ellie. I say all that to say. He's just crying. Well, I'm saying all this to say I definitely don't want to indict her for going to a second location because I feel like the universe is going to like slap me across the face and put me in a situation where I am getting taken to a second location. And then you can go, Oh, you shouldn't go to a second location, you know? And then I'm just like right. sobbing mess yeah. in the hospital bed. Yes. But still kids never go to a second location. <clears throat> and if you are out and about, always have your cell phone charged. Oh my God. Kids. And on your person. Jesus. Well, but this was in like 2002 or something, right? Well, that's true. 2003. Yeah. I was like, wow. I was just thinking about that phone. Probably died after like five seconds. I don't know. Probably a Nokia. And it probably, even if she had it, I guess like <clears throat> nowadays, a kidnapper would probably take your cell phone away because it's so common now. Yeah, yeah. But back then, maybe not. But you know, you you you'd have to like open it, put the antenna up, yeah. and it's like beep beep beep. <laughs> and like, oh no, it's. And then you wouldn't even be able to get to nine one one. You're like, what the fuck is this thing? What is this? 
It's true. Like it would it would probably so not so loud. Been yeah. Good. Yeah. And it it's was so bright and weird. Definitely analog. There's it's big. It's huge it. this yeah. thing too. It's like I went down in the side and it just looks giant. I got it. I got it. Okay. You know, I'll save myself. At that point, just hit him with it. Yeah, you could just hit just him, with, him it. with it. Yeah, just beat him with that giant thing. But, but yes, I did actually think about you quite a bit during this episode. Um, oh, really? Because you were mugged, and because you know the way you were brought up. Um, yeah. All of that. Did that kind of. Uh, clearly it brought some stuff up for you. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I think especially talking about like this, this being like this defi- defining moment of your life in this really harsh way <clears throat> that anything could happen to you at any time. The, the veil of safety is, is taken away um, yeah. you know, and I think it's interesting. She talks about, you know, this concept of stranger danger, like what happened to her, especially the sexual assault. It isn't, you know, the statistics show that usually the, these things happen from, with people that we know, right. It's not mm-hmm. just some boogeyman as she puts it in the, in the, um, <clears throat> the bushes waiting to get you, you know? Um, So that was especially unique. I did find it fascinating though, that she said she had a hard time finding people that also went through similar situation where it was a legit stranger that hurt her. Um, But I mean, luckily mine was so fast and there was no sexual assault and I wasn't taken anywhere. You know, it was just like a straight robbery. You know, you losing your property is upsetting and a gun being pointed at you is upsetting, but it's not nothing to compare. Not that I want to compare. Let's not minimize. Let's not minimize, you know, terrible, terrible thing. It, it's the, I think it's the having the gun in at you, the gun at your fate. Like knowing yeah. someone has the power to end your life in that moment is someone that you don't even know that you've never wronged, that you've never met. Like, oh, how could this be? <laughs> you know, what have I yeah. ever done to you? Um, like right after my mugging, I called my mom on the phone, and she had been a bank teller for years and like the year before she'd been robbed at a bank at gunpoint. And she said to me, Ellie, your life is never going to be the same. And in the moment I was like, okay, mom, <laughs> dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, she's absolutely right. It yeah. is like life before and after that event. It, it shades everything. It shades everything. And it makes you perceive the world entirely different. And it is especially that this anything could happen to you. And then you realize that your safety is something that you're actively trading all the time. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> and it makes sense that she would retreat to the safety bubble, even though it's restrictive and it's conditional. But she's willing to trade in 
off those items for safety, the rules will protect you. But what are you giving up, right? We're afraid to go into the world now and the world offers so many wonderful, beautiful things, but it's always at a risk. So that's when you just become more aware, more vigilant, more trusting of your instincts. She noticed the guy. She clocked the guy, right? Why did she notice that guy and clock that guy? I think some people just like give off an energy. When I saw my perpetrator heading toward me, I clocked the guy. Fucking frightening. But it's weird, too, how that anxiety would show up in me in different ways. Like, I got really afraid of driving. Driving had nothing to do with that crime. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was like this internal thing that I carried around for a lot of years. Like, I, I, oh God, I was just fucking scared anytime I drove anywhere. Just what, (laughs) from terrible anxiety of you can't trust anyone in a car, the cars around you, to what if I just drove off the side of this cliff right now? What if I just did it? Like, I don't know. It's weird how it like expresses itself in different ways. I don't have That's that anymore. Scary. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Yeah. I think it wow. just took a lot of cognitive behavioral items. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it and you'll get over it. Right. Yeah. You also took that therapy thing. Or like it was like a massage I did a somatic massage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That was recommended by your ex. Oh. Yeah. And how did that go? It was, well, like my, I had terrible back pain and it was, I didn't realize that I'd been carrying that fear and that anxiety in my body. Right. Like that's also weird how you tense up your muscles in this reaction to fear and you just do it for so long that you don't realize you're doing it anymore, but your body is like in this constant fear state. And I went to this somatic massager and I guess somatic means like there's this healing, like spiritual element or something, whatever. I was like, I'll get a massage. It'll be fine. And, um, And I was just being myself, just chit-chatting. She's touching me. And then, and we're talking, we're talking about the event, and I'm making light of it, like, totally Mm -hmm. myself. And then she, like, pushes the spot, and she's like, how does that feel? And I just, like, burst into tears. Like, she, and then it was just, like, the waterworks wouldn't stop coming. She she could feel like all these places where I was holding this tension, you know, and then like, like released. Yeah. Talking something. and talking yeah. through it as the physical thing is happening. Mm-hmm. It just oh, like yeah. released all of this fear and anxiety from me emotionally. I think that was really big healing moment for me. And it was only especially because you how long? 90. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I was just, yeah, I was just, <laughs> because you also, I think you came into it like, yeah, like, all right. Yeah, 
Oh, right? I was very eye rolly. Totally cynic. Yeah. 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 Okay. Another weirdo in San Francisco. Let's go. <laughs> well, at least I'll get a massage out of it. You know. <laughs> yeah. And 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 the fact and I thought she was going to be some weirdo like banging crystals on me or something. And she was just like this young, cool chick, you know, and she was funny and, and we just had a, like an instant rapport. So that made me feel even more comfortable. So I was like, oh, she's not some not so weirdo. Like she's cool. <laughs> and yeah, she got to me. Um, yeah, you've never encountered your crime yet, have you? No, 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 no. Which is uh, kind of crazy too. I mean, I was walking the streets of Oakland then too, and I was walking with my headphones in, two a.m. by myself, yeah, no care in the world, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't recommend that. No, no, no. I think I got lucky, maybe, or I don't know. Well, but now I'm like, yeah, that's true. I was lucky then. We got but, all those yeah. kids to worry about being out in the world. Jesus Christ. True. I know. Oof. That's scary. It's, I'm scared for you. I know. Um, another weird way that it showed up in me was uh, I'd go into stores and I'd hear like the door ring, like the door, or, like the, you know, people walk in and hear that. And it would, I would hide in the corner of the store. Like the first time it happened, I was like, I just instantaneously did it. I didn't really think about it. And I was like, okay, this is Ellie, you're being weird. And I'd completely hide and wait until like they did their shopping and they checked out and everything. I'd waited until they completely left before I would resume my shopping or go up to the checkout. And... (laughs) I know. Why? I know. Well, did I that know. sound happen during the no mugging? I, it was this idea that anything bad could happen at any time, and oh, yeah. someone of like a a stranger has entered the chat room, and I yeah. am aware of them, and I don't know. And if they don't know, if they're planning to rob the store. And they don't know I'm here. I'm going to protect myself. So I'm just going to hide and they're never going to know that I was here. You know, I guess is my subconscious thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. And it's like noticeable when that stuff leaves. Well, that's not true. I was in Detroit over Thanksgiving and um, went to this fancy grocery store to get some stuff with my friends And we walked in and this guy just like clocked me. Like he just looked at me and he, he said something like, hi, how you doing? Or something like that. But he just had this like creepy. Yeah. Just a vibe, just a weirdness. And, um, and it's funny because then late, so we're in the store and I have to use the bathroom and I go back toward the bathroom and I, and it's kind of like away from the rest of the store. And on my way there, I notice him like right by the salad section. And it, I was afraid that he was going to follow me into the bathroom. And so I went 
and hid in the wine section. And I was like <laughs> peeking at him between the bottles of wine, checking to see that he left. Oh my God. I know. I know. And then, <clears throat> and then, but then after the fact, um, my friend Sarah Tallman that I was with, um, I told her what happened and she's like, yeah, that dude gave off like major creep vibes. So, you know, I wasn't wrong, but maybe I wouldn't have reacted so heartily if I had not been through that experience 12 years ago. Oh yeah. That was a long time ago, but still it's, it's in there, right? It's in there. Never getting out. Um, well, there was something, not really. I could tell you something. This isn't even anything. Yeah, go on. When I was walking down the street a couple of weeks ago. Did I tell you this? I don't know. A couple of weeks ago uh, with a couple of coworkers. Um, in San Francisco. And I was eating ice cream. Talking, you were telling eating stories. ice cream. Oh, that's so nice. Ice cream's so happy. <laughs> <laughs> We're all eating it. Practically <laughs> skipping, you know. Um, and so weird, like just walking. And I think I was in the middle. It was Tiago and Natalia. And I was in the middle. And all of a sudden, Tiago's like, ooh, watch out. And this dude, I didn't realize was like, we're across the street, it was like an inch away from my face. And then he like, sta- I remember his eyes just stared at me. He's like, oh, this is like a split second. And then like, checked me. Like, <gasps> like, like, bonked me. Like, stepped to you? <laughs> but yeah, but like, actually, it's like a big dude. And then went like, boom, like, on me. Did he, and I was like. He touched your body? Yeah, he like with his che- he like chest bumped me really hard, and I was like, "What the fuck?" What the? And I like you know backed up. I mean, I I was moved backwards. I was like, "What?" And then uh, all of a sudden, Tiago came across and like boom, like hit, hit him, like kind of thing. What? Then, I don't know. And then the dude's like what? Come at me. And I was like, what? And then I was like, wait, let's not, <laughs> let's, what is happening? And then another dude came running, I guess. And he had like a suitcase thing. And he was like, watch out for that dude. I was like, well, you know, now we're it. You could have told me like a little before, you know, but basically oh it was God. already in my, and they like did a thing. It, it wasn't, but it was weird. And then, and then Tiago's like, I'm not going to come at you. You know, I'm just trying to protect my friend. He didn't say this. But yeah. then we just kind of all backed up and like we're staring at each other backing up. I was like, that's so weird and awkward. And then I was like, I don't want to eat my ice cream anymore. So I threw it away. I didn't feel, Aww. I also didn't know, you know, if I don't know, I don't want to spittle stuff. Yeah. Chest. Yeah. I was, I was so happy. So then I threw it away. I also was done with it. You know, when you have too much ice cream anyway. That's so sad. Anyway, I know. I mean, it although went, I mean, it, it bumps went. Tiago up in uh, in my brain a good five notches. Yeah, I mean, really, I was like, that's interesting. Man. So, in a fight or flight or freeze situation, you kind of froze because well, I was like, 
about to flee. But I was like, more like, why? Why? Like, yeah. Why? Why did you do that? But that's that. the thing, T. There is no answer to why. That's what makes crime, yeah. random crime, so fucking scary. Because yeah. there's oh, no why. There's no why. And we were yeah, so desperate to understand why. Or freeze. Yeah. I guess I was like, no, the whole time after that, like, I was like, I had all these theories I decided there were. Um, but I think they're all wrong. But, um, yeah, I would Did find, the guy I mean, seem flee. off? Was he I think on so. something? Was he homeless, maybe? Or without, maybe. what do they say? Home, less homed? Unhomed. Unhomed. Let's... Maybe. And that was one of the theories that Tiago had was like, you know, it was a really cold day. And if you get arrested for a little thing, you could spend the night in a warmer place. Wow. I thought that was really sad. But what, But um, doesn't it bother you that it was you specifically? Like, why not chest bump Natalia? Well, maybe on the middle ground, because if you chest bump Tiago, you'll probably get your ass kicked. If you chest bump Natalia, she's so small. You might actually hurt someone. And then I'm like there in the middle. I'm like the middle. But, go, well, but I didn't fall back. How does I don't it know if feel? he was thinking all that. Oh, I don't know. How does it feel to think he chose and he chose you? What do you I don't know. I don't like it at all. I was so happy too. I know you were so happy. I was telling That's probably why. I was in the middle. I know. Yeah. I was in the middle. And you're probably super story. animated and you're laughing. I was all happy with my ice cream. Yeah. I'm so annoying. And he's like, in I'll public. take this bitch down and this notch. asshole. She's so fucking happy. Wow. And then I wasn't happy anymore. I was a little bit scared because he was still kind of walking. I was like, oh, I'm kind of scared now. But then, uh, yeah. Nothing else happened. So that's, uh, I mean, something, but not really. Yeah. The city, man. I'll chew and you up you and, and me. spit you up. What if it was you and me and we're just chit-chatting with each other? That's a toss-up. Yeah, I don't know. I had my rainbow puffy jacket on. <laughs> I'm sure you were quite annoying. I was so <laughs> Very obnoxious. I was going to say happy and cute, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, annoying. That works too, I guess. <laughs> like, um, why would you go for that one? Okay, let's move on. Oh yeah. Um, do you want to talk to talk about the invisibility of a middle-aged woman? Yeah. How's that feel? <laughs> Feels great. I've been invisible the whole time. I, I I've never been visible. I've been a little lesbo walking around. Is that invisible. true? You feel like you've always been invisible. No, in that sense, in the sense she's talking about that, like, what scary sense dudes, is she talking about? Scary dudes that want to have sex with these girls, young girls or whatever, walking around, you know, want to attack them or whatever. With her big oyster that. bar t shirt and her Birkenstocks. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Not to degrade her look yeah. or whatever, but it just go does go to show you this like old adage of were you wearing a short skirt or a tight dress or whatever. Ugh. Yeah, doesn't necessarily keep the predators away. Um, yeah, man. When I first heard of the concept of the invisibility of a middle aged woman, I was not a middle aged woman, and so 
when someone said that to me, it, I did not like it. I, it was a reveal to me that I was not expecting. I love those in life. When you get a reveal, you were not expecting just going through life. Oh, oh, that, oh, that's a thing. Oh, that's a thing. And I still don't feel like I've entirely fell into that invisibility cloak yet. And maybe it's um, because I don't have kids or I don't know what it is, but I, I feel it coming. Like I get, I get it. Like I am still aware of myself all the time when I'm out in the world and that Mm -hmm. I could be picked at, picked on, you know, but I am very much looking forward to the invisibility of a middle-aged woman. It's weird though, because when it was first proposed to me, it was so sad to me, but now I understand it on a different level. It's kind of welcome. It is. It seems like you can choose to be. Yeah. And you could choose to be bothered if you wanted, probably. Yeah. I mean, not bothered, but to be visible. You can choose to be invisible or visible, maybe. I mean, what makes a middle-aged woman invisible? Like, what is she talking about? Like what? Like you're not hot anymore kind of thing? I mean, you could probably on one level that you're not as hot, not as young, obviously. But also not as naive, scarier. Uh, you know yourself aware. a bit more. Know yeah. yourself. You're more likely to tell a motherfucker off for getting in your yeah. space. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like a predator is going to prey on the weak. And that is usually the young, the young, hot and dumb. The trusting. But mm-hmm. you approach a seasoned middle-aged woman She's probably going like to fuck what? her shit up. Yeah. What? What? Tell me about Just... me. Just. <laughs> Come on. What do you got? Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and honestly, so what's crazy about this story, I think, is she never talked about getting therapy. I don't think she was yeah. ever therapized her whole life. Ever? No. Ever. She never talks about it. I think she's just accepted things as they've come with the years. And and with time comes healing and perspective. And I think, you know, talking about the theme of the story is her saving herself. And I think part of her, her final cue in saving herself is forgiving herself. And especially yes. as this adult woman now, she can look back and forgive that girl for how she coped. But she, I don't think she's ever... Gone to therapy, which I highly recommend everyone. I'm not in therapy, but I should be. And we're I'm not keep in therapy, but I have been, yeah. and I'm pro therapy. Yeah, kind of weird. It's funny because at first it's bewildering, like because you're you. It's so you're so used to having a back and forth with a friend, right? I'm telling you a problem. 
we're working it out, we're talking it through, and then you're telling me a thing that you've gone through, and then we're working out your problem, and we're it's a back and forth, right? And that's what's weird about therapy. It's like you go in there, and they're like, okay, tell me everything that's wrong with you, and there's no back and forth. It's just you talking and then them, like, asking questions, and it kind of feels one-sided, but then you're like, wait, that's what I'm paying for is the one-sidedness. So when this bitch started telling me about her shit, I was like, wait a second. I've accepted that I'm paying for the one-sidedness. And now you're trying to flip the script on me when I've gotten used to not. So, yeah. Yeah. Paying you by the hour right now. Yeah, I need. But I do. I I like this anonymous person. Um, I think it would it would benefit me greatly to talk through some of the childhood things that still surface from time to time. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. You think you've got enough time, enough time has passed. You're over it, but really I'm just, I'm in different situations, right? But as soon as the situation comes up that mirrors maybe a situation that I went through as a kid and I haven't fully like dealt with it. It's like, you know, 10 year old Ellie is right there. Just, Oh. T, did you read anything interesting on Facebook? Are they talking about the episode? What yeah, are they saying about uh, the episode? <laughs> is this how you're introducing it? Is there any you- controversy? No fights this time. Oh, no fights. Well, that's okay. All positive, positive stuff, you know? Um, Really it's, only it's, four comments, but not as much interaction on this episode, like say compared yeah. to the grizzly bear episode. Um, why do you think that is? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> There's a lot with the grizzly episode. A lot of comments, right? Well, yeah. not only did he go through a grizzly event. <laughs> But he did introduce ideas that could be considered controversial or at least debate yeah. debate worthy, right? Um, yeah. I just—I guess it's I, not a good or bad thing. Oh. Yeah. No, I just—I don't know. I kind of like, and and working on the show, we kind of like face these conundrums. Like, you can't help but sort of compare stories sometimes, even though. They're, they shouldn't be compared ever, you know, everyone has their own story and someone I might do it all the time, though. have a grisly story and, but someone might have a carjacked at gunpoint, you know, assaulted and saved their own life despite being a people pleaser their whole life, which is also an incredible story. Both of us or most of us have probably not gone through neither, you know, but we all have our own story. And that's the whole point of this is actually happening is that Everyone's story is important. Everyone's story matters. And I think comparison is the thief of joy, right? And I just, I hate the but idea also, of stories in size or of course or impact. Yeah. In terms of like comments on social media, but when, like, when you think of those two stories, you just make the grizzly. And the carjacking, like, they're kind of similar because they, like, saved themselves. Mm. Right? And they're, like, it's not comparing in a bad way. It's like, whoa, that's, like, empowering. Yeah. 
And a cool thing to see. And quite honestly, you and I are way more likely to get carjacked at gunpoint than we are to be mauled by a grizzly bear. I mean, well, I, I don't see... know. I'm like in the woods now, practically. There's a mountain could... lion walking around here. Is walking there? around. Going up to like walking? doors. Shut up. All right. So tell me. But yeah, you know... I could get carjacked and I could get attacked by a mountain lion, but probably not a good That's fucking scary. It's scary, dude. I would freak out okay. if I saw a mountain lion. Maybe I should look up what to do. Oh, you, if you should. see a mountain lion. I'll do that. That's my next to do. Not now, but I'll put that on my list of things to do. I have a list. Um, I will say, though, that uh, I met someone last week on a job and I got to relay the facts about what you should do depending on what kind of bear you encounter. Oh, good. It felt really educated. So, what do you have to do? Well, you told me. Oh, it's the right. A black bear gets big. Same. Yeah. For a grizzly bear, it's over. <laughs> okay. What's the one where you roll up like a little ball? Is that the grizzly bear one? I think that's the Ellie method. I don't think you're going to make it out. <laughs> sob. Roll up into a ball. Hope, sob. hope the bear feels empathy for the crying mass in front <laughs> oh, of it. Oh, no, look at that little. And so then, sad. and that's how I became a bear cub. Pawing, pawing, licking. You're okay, you. That's the hope. All right, see what you got. Comments? Yeah. So there are only a few, and again, and that's okay. It doesn't mean good or bad or anything, right? Okay, they're all very positive. I'm just going to read one of them. Go on. This one's from Allie B., I appreciated this story so much. She was able to sum up so perfectly what it was like to receive justice and how lucky she was to receive it, but how it was still so important and so traumatic and that it didn't erase what happened to her. I had almost the opposite experience, and it was just super interesting and therapeutic for me to hear her speak about it. Heart, heart. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, Allie B, we hope that you get the healing that you're looking for. Yeah. Maybe not the justice. I mean, hopefully the justice. But it sounds like maybe she was robbed of some justice at some point. Yeah. Um, um, On Instagram, also not a lot of comments, but the ones that were there are positive. Someone said it was their favorite episode so far. Wow. Um, well, it always hits different, doesn't it? Um, but I thought interesting um, from listener Ramam. Oh, I'm messing this up. It's like R dot A dot M dot A dot M dot O dot N dot A. She says, Ramamona. <laughs> Ramamona. 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 Yeah. Um, She says age, invisibility, and safety is a very valid feeling. Which is something that we talked about. It is. That stuck out out greatly in the episode. And as we're both uh, approaching middle age. Both? Okay. 
<laughs> have arrived. I have arrived and I'm waving you in from the pier. Um, yeah, that was one that we identified with. Um, that's yes. all we got on the comments. Anything else, T, you want to say about the episode? Thanks for listening. This has been an episode of Trauma Bonded. You can find our podcast where podcasts are kept. Thanks to Anonymous for sharing their story and giving us the opportunity to talk about it. And thanks to the This Is Actually Happening team, including Whit Misseldine and the maker of our music, Nathaniel Tromboli. You can contact us at traumabondedpod at gmail and search for us on Instagram and TikTok. I mean, if we have those accounts by now. We are trauma bonded to the story, to the storyteller, to the listeners, and to each other. But don't forget, we're not doctors. 